It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Happy Tuesday afternoon. 547 1610 is the number if you would like to get involved. You can reach us via email, 610KONA.com. Bottom line page, your name where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter at Bottom Line 610, Parlor at the Bottom Line 610, and our free mobile app available through the Google Play and the Apple stores. Rob Francis, Ed Dawson with you. Ed, coming up at 4 o'clock. We're going we're gonna to be talking about elections, but in a couple different avenues. Um, at 4.30, we are going to talk with State Senator Doug Erickson, who has a uh, piece of legislation that he'll be introducing that will d- deal with um, election security. And at 4 o'clock, we are going to talk with uh, investigative reporter Tracy Beans, uh, from Washington, D.C., regarding what's going on on the national stage with the election and some of the things uh, that uh, that have transpired over the course of the last week. But first, we're going to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 k What's your name? Where are you calling from? And an idiot. Thank you. Thank you very much. We know. That's one way to start the show. It, it is. It is. It is. It is. But... Um, what, one other way we'd like to start the show is to remind everybody that in just a couple of days, uh, our third annual News Radio 610 KONA Cherry Creek Media uh, Summit Funding Food Drive will take place from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Summit Funding out by their offices right off of Gage Boulevard in Kennewick across from Costco. Um, this year we are working to benefit the Tri-City Food Bank. Um, so we would we would certainly appreciate all the support that we could get, uh, non-perishable food items, cash donations. Uh, we'll be able to take credit card donations this year as well. Um, so we are certainly hopeful that we'll be able to uh, raise a significant amount of money and also product for the Tri-City Food Bank. There are a lot of people in our area hit hard. Um, the holiday season particularly is going to get worse. Uh, we know the COVID has definitely wreaked havoc. Uh, and a lot more people in need this year than maybe in years past. So uh, we certainly hope that you will help us achieve our goal of filling up the truck sponsored by Tire Factory uh, with non-perishable food items. We will tell you that any non-perishable food items that are brought in are going to have to quarantine for two weeks. They're going to have to quarantine for 14 days before they can go on the shelves. Um, so cash and credit donations are going to be the fastest way for the food drive because if they buy the food themselves, they're able to put it on the shelves right away. So, uh, But it's this Friday, our third annual uh, News Radio 610 KONA Summit Funding Food Drive out in front of the offices at Summit Funding across from Costco on Gage in Kennewick to benefit Tri-Cities Food Bank. You're up on the bottom line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And give us a call back, 547-1610, if you'd like to get involved. So um, before we dive in, there are a couple of things that, because, you know, every once in a while after we're done a program, I'll think. I know it's a bad thing to do. It's not always the best thing for me for use of time is to think. But I thought a little bit about our, our, our caller yesterday. Um, and, and and for those that, that, that uh, 
did not catch that particular part of the program. We had we, a had, we had more than one. We had quite a few. We had quite a few callers, but we had one in particular who, um, the more I thought about it, it was a really bad analogy. It was an attempt to make an analogy between uh, voter fraud and COVID-19. And the more I thought about it, it was a really bad analogy. It was a bad attempt at trying to um, showcase or point out aspects of voter fraud and then make a comparison to COVID-19. And the only reason why is, is well, there's a couple reasons why, but one of the main ones is, is this. I'm one of those people that prefers to believe that COVID-19 was not unleashed upon this planet intentionally by the Chinese, that it was accidental, that it probably should have been kept a little bit more secure, that it got out by accident. It was, you know, it was brought out into the public by somebody inside the lab, but it wasn't done intentionally because you look at how widespread it is. And unless somebody really uh, was intent on driving down the world population, they wouldn't release something like this intentionally. So I tend to believe that it wasn't done maliciously. It's a disease. It's a disease that, well, you really can't do anything about until you find a treatment for it. Um, it is a virus. It is biological. Uh, voter fraud is intentional. It's premeditated. It's man-created. It's man-done. It's nefarious. Um, so I, I didn't think the analogy, the more I thought about it, I thought the analogy kind of stunk and it was misplaced and that it was, um, you know, if you want to you compare something like that, find something a little bit more along the lines, um, a little bit more appropriate to compare it to than trying to compare voter fraud and uh, COVID-19. And the other part that hit me was that we talked incessantly about COVID-19 for months. Months. Months incessantly about COVID-19. The fact that there are surging cases again, is it COVID-19 or is it because it's flu season? Who knows? Um, but there are certainly people out there encouraging you to get your flu shots, but we are in that time of year that we do have other maladies and illnesses that are going around, and are we going to say that they're all COVID-19? I don't know. But uh, we do know that uh, cases are spiking in Washington State again, and you know now that the governor's been reelected, I'm sure he feels like he needs to bring the hammer down at some point in time if it continues. Well, a uh, news conference is uh, just wrapping up with the – state health department in in washington uh and it should be noted a a similar news conference was held earlier uh, today with oregon governor kate brown and health officials there cases are are spiking they're they're actually a lot uh of cases now that is a fact what you do with that fact and whatever analysis you want to attach to that that's that's up to you but cases are going up quite a bit. And the data that was released by the Washington State Health Department was it's growing relatively at the same pace, both east and western Washington, across most of the age categories, uh, and, and is, you know, thus a widespread thing. And of course, the the big thing right now is something that we heard right off the top of this pandemic was overrunning the hospitals uh, because uh, they, the, the spike in cases is not just younger or middle-aged people. 
it is also in the older population that, and, and there are middle-aged people and even young people who are hospitalized with this, they are concerned. So much so that the state health officer, Dr. Kathy Lofi, uh, came right out and said it. I mean, she said it. Uh, let me let me pull up the the soundbite before we go to uh, the callers, and uh, I want you to take a listen to this uh, specifically about uh, about this surge in cases. We're at the point that if we cannot change the current trajectory of disease by changing our behaviors, we'll need to take actions that will hurt our economy, and no one wants to do that again. AKA lockdowns. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Hey, guys. It's Chris from Richmond. Hi, Chris. What's up? Okay. So we're being pounded with a lot of new information here. Um, cases are up everywhere spiking, yet everybody's been forced to wear a mask because masks are the big savior. If masks are the big savior, why is there a huge spike in cases? Is it because people aren't using the mask? Um, that could be one of the questions. Uh, I just, it's a virus. It's going to run its course. We don't have a cure. We may have vaccine. We've been dealing with a similar situation with the flu every year. I know they're not the same, but it's the same type of scenario of us just grabbing for stars trying to fix this thing. We're not going to fix it. We're not going to cure it. We might have therapeutics, and we might have a vaccine. It's going to run its course because, again, it's a virus. Thank you. Appreciate the call. A couple of things um, with that last call. Uh, yes, uh, you know, it is going to run its course. Um, there is a difference between this and uh even a really bad flu season in that there is a flu vaccine. And while it's not mandatory and not everyone takes it, a good percentage of people do get the flu shot. Uh, that, so then they are protected, uh, more or less, from, from that. So you, we don't see hospitals being overrun, even in a very bad flu season. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the... What the health department was saying was, and this and this is a question that Chris asked off the top. Um, yes, we are we are being made to wear masks and social distance uh, when we are out of our home in just about every aspect, at the store, at school, even outside. But where they are seeing a spike in cases is number one, people not doing that, and number two, the personal social gatherings. You know, the backyard barbecues, the whatever, you get together with friends and people are a lot more laxed about wearing masks and social distancing. And more than one of the health experts in the state of Washington during this call, during this uh, this uh, news conference, said that uh, not only do we, I mean, for weeks they've been saying we've got to watch our social gatherings. You know, and limit the number of people outside of our home that that we're connecting with. They're now saying all of the social gatherings need to come to an end. Now, it's not a mandate because it didn't come from 
the governor's office, but we do know that the governor listens to the state health department as probably he should uh, in in these cases. So we share this not to be doom and gloom or anything like that, but to make you informed. Don't be surprised if later this week or next week, if they if uh, the health department doesn't see uh, you know, a scaling back of cases, we could hear from Governor Inslee about certain restrictions. And yeah, it could very well affect Thanksgiving and beyond. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Max from Kennewick. Hi, Max. What's up? Good program. I agreed with the last caller, as I have a month or two ago. It's a virus. It's going to be with us. We cannot shut down our whole country and bankrupt half of it willfully. Uh, I think I said before, two restaurants in my hometown. One been around 50 years, the other 30. Not going to reopen. Self-inflicted damage for a disease that kills 3 per 1,000, the majority of them elderly with conditions. We need to ramp up the hospitals. My wife and I were talking, it was common in the 70s that the hospitals would be bursting at the seams when flu season hit. Now they don't hospitalize people as readily, but we've been in this situation before. We need to ramp up the hospital potential capacity and go with it. You cannot keep uh, shutting down our country because of a virus. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Chinese released it. Did you ever think about the fact that the way they think, they could lose half their population and still be one of the largest countries in the world? I mean, I hope they didn't do that. But the way they work and all the devious things they've pulled, it makes me wonder. Thanks for your program. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Appreciate the call. We've got to take a time out. 547 509-547-1610. Keep in mind also that when this virus first really got going in the spring, the hospitals were not prepared anywhere. I would like to hope that by now, it's not a guarantee, but you've got to think that the hospitals are in better position now, having you know, been able to ramp things up over several months. Again, it is something to be concerned about. We don't want our hospitals overrun if there's a possibility of that. Um, but look, cases locally are going through the roof, too. And, and they're going and same situation in Oregon. Um, Governor Brown adding uh, more counties to the pause list. There's like nine counties, including Umatilla County. Can't do much down there either. Back with more after this. Hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottom line 610. Now, back to the show, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. Through tomorrow, Veterans Day, you can find out how you can help support a veteran in need. Uh, particularly when it comes to uh, need of CBD products. You can do that with CBD American Shaman. Stop by across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater and Kennewick. Find out how and also ask about their 100% 30-day money-back guarantee on every single one of their products. CBD American Shaman, you don't have to get high to get help. 547-1610 if you'd like to get involved. So it was an interesting day. We'll, 
and, and, and the reason why I say that is it, it began with reports that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, current Speaker of the House, was asked a question, same question, multiple times. And that question was, do you renounce socialism? To Nancy Pelosi, who's been in Congress for over three decades. She was asked that? She was asked that. By the media? Yes. She was in asked, the United States? Yes. The national media? Well, one member of the media. One per, okay. Yes. But, but, but still, but, 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 it by happened someone, in this country. Yes, it happened in this country. She was wow. asked by someone representing Fox News oh. if she renounced socialism. She was asked more than once mm-hmm. because she didn't answer the question more than once. And it was left with her not answering the question as to whether or not she renounced socialism. This is the current Speaker of the House. As we said, someone who has been in Congress for three decades plus, who began her political career when no one ever considered socialism to be anywhere near a viable option, and the majority of people still don't, but there is a growing percentage of those who have never experienced, read about, were alive during socialist regimes that laid waste to large portions of the earth, namely the USSR, um, that don't that don't have that that recollection of how bad socialism actually is. But Nancy does. Nancy wouldn't renounce it. Now, why wouldn't Nancy renounce it? Well, there's a couple reasons for that. Um, There are some that believe that she's coddling to the growing population in the House of Representatives under Democrats that are socialist-leaning. As uh, three more uh, identified socialists won under the Democrat banner because they can't win under the socialist banner, so they run as Democrats. Close enough. Yes, and they win. They win that way. Um, but Nancy, according to some reports, is mortgaging her future as Speaker of the House by doing this. Uh, apparently, some of the more moderates who are very upset with the losses, which is up to nine now, as Republicans have officially flipped a seat in California of all places, from Democrat to Republican. Their ninth gain, right now it's 215 to 201. A 14-seat lead, down from 23. And the moderate wing is very upset. As they should be. They're upset that all the money that was spent didn't get them the Senate, has cost them seats in the House, and they still don't know what's going on with the presidency. There was supposed to be a blue wave across all three bodies. Yeah, it didn't happen. And so the moderate wing is thinking of finding another moderate to challenge Nancy. And it could be one of her lieutenants, Hakeem Jeffries, who is mm. a representative from New York. Mm. It's not the far left wing looking to remove her. It is the moderate wing that is looking to remove her. And word is, she doesn't have the votes to remain speaker as of right now. Well, AOC and her bunch already said that they were very disappointed in their own party. So, yeah, her time may be 
a bit numbered. Back with more after this. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. The phone number is 547-1610 if you'd like to get involved. Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri-Cities for you to choose from to keep your car running the way it should. Make sure you stop by. One of the four locations are family-owned and operated and have been for the decades they've been serving our community. They'll do everything from tires to brakes, shocks, struts, tune-ups, you name it. Perfection Tire is where you should leave your car, especially in the fantastic hands to make sure it runs the way it should. Visit their website, perfectiontire.com, to learn about the services that they provide. And, you know, we were talking as we went to break it about... Uh, Nancy Pelosi being asked about socialism and not answering the question. Well, there have been Democrats that have come out post-election, post-disappointment, post-non-blue wave, and expressing their frustration over the messaging. Tim Ryan, the representative from Ohio, who has been considered by some to be uh, on the rise or in the upper stature of the Democrat Party nationally. Um, Abigail Spanaway, who barely won her re-election in Virginia, was one of the first ones on a conference call to talk about it. And now the majority whip, Jim Clyburn, who has been in Congress for decades as well, from South Carolina, tore into the defund the police movement with an interview with Axios recently. Good for him. Saying, quote, because we were not able to discipline ourselves according to voter sentiment... They did. They underperformed. He blamed left-wing foolishness. He said, we keep making this mistake, this foolishness about you've got to be this progressive or that progressive. And he blames it on costing the Democrats a Senate pickup in South Carolina. Look, you and I and our listeners and callers talked about this for how many months leading up to the election? And when there was all the the defund the police and the rioting and demonstrations and all that stuff, that that the far left part of the Democratic Party had hijacked the rest of it. And I remember asking out loud, in case anybody was listening, what do just regular run-of-the-mill normal Democrats, those moderate Democrats, think about this? Well, we finally got our answer— how many months later, in the form of Jim Clyburn, and he hits it he hits it right on the head. But what's funny is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and those of, of her mindset aren't happy either because the D's didn't make any big blue wave across all landscapes, and she's questioning the leadership. Do you remember back? Is the Speaker of the House elected for every two years or one year? Two. Okay, two. So it was around two years ago that uh, there was talk that Nancy Pelosi wasn't going to be the Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. Then they get into this big powwow, and then, lo and behold... She's Speaker. She's the Speaker again. Well, many speculated that she made some sort of deal with the far left to to let them do what they whatever they want and and prop them up and don't make them look bad and and you'll have the votes to become speaker 
And it sure as heck looks like that because she's not even answering a question today by a very brave reporter if she is a socialist. Well, and the other thing, keep in mind, is the numbers that they had two years ago were much larger. That's true. So you've got a smaller majority. You've got less there, which means it does make it ripe for Nancy Pelosi to be unseated if there are enough people of similar mind that want to change in direction. And, I mean, just, I'm, I'm going to take a look real quick. Um, who the Speaker of the House before her was. Because she was, this is her, who knows how many terms as Speaker, but when she was the Speaker of the House before Republicans took control in 2016, she, as far as Democrats go, Tom Foley from Washington State was the last Democrat. Other than her. Other than her. Wow. He was the last Democrat, and his term ended in 95. Yeah. You had Newt Gingrich for four years. Right. Dennis Haystert. Um, right. And then Pelosi, then Boehner and Ryan, and then Pelosi. Mm-hmm. So you got to go back to Tom Foley in 95, wow. the last Democrat before Nancy. Wow. So it is going, it would be a sea change without question. Well, okay. I, I, I have to admit, I'm impressed. It takes a true politician to be the Democratic Speaker of the House for that long, losing and regaining power over yeah, that time. Absolutely, I mean, she she's she's a good BSer, is what she is, or a good deal maker, <laughs> or I don't know what. But I mean, that's pretty impressive. I don't know that she needs to be Speaker anymore, but that sure is impressive. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Sparky Umatilla. Hi, Sparky. What's up? Hey, you remember the other day I said something about I was going to send a message to the medium, uh, the, the center, uh, moderate Democrats, and then I decided to wait until we see what happens with the presidency. But you guys are on the subject. I was going to, I was going to say that you know they either either the Democrats, moderate ones, they take back their control of their party, or they jump over to the Republican Party, or they start a new one because it's absolutely ridiculous. We used to be Democrat years ago, but to, and. My relatives, well, back in the old days, you know, the, they were the uh, blue-collar workers uh, party. Anyway, they they left us. We didn't leave them. Okay, guys, I'll let you go. Appreciate the call. That's 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 a. Uh, I appreciate that. That's that's a good take because I don't. I I think a lot of Democrats are feeling like that right now. Not all of them, because for so many people, it was all about the presidency. But you can't deny um, in in an election that with that much importance, because we were told this every single day for the ha- past how many months, that it's the most important election of our lifetime, um, that the Democrats didn't ride a, woo- a blue wave. You know, there's <laughs> look, there was talk in Washington state that more uh, seats in Olympia would flip. It's not happening. Um, and how much of that has to do with, you know, the the alignment with the, the far left? And, and I, I think he I think Sparky is right. I, I think 
You know, as much as we talked about a few years ago with the Tea Party movement within the, the Republican Party, and everybody's like, oh, well, the Tea Party's just going to split off with the Republicans and they're going to be in chaos and all that stuff. No, they learned to get along uh, pretty well, actually, because Rand Paul's still there. Um, but you just get the sense that there's this storm brewing in the Democratic Party right now when you have very vocal far left people like AOC and others. And now you have a, a vocal uh, moderate Democrats saying we don't like the direction that this party is going. The far left is saying we may need to go this alone because we're not getting the results that we want. I don't think that moderate Democrats would join the Republicans. Now, that doesn't mean voters wouldn't do that. Uh, but like politicians, I don't see I don't see the Republican Party absorbing any moderate Democrats. I do think if anything's going to happen, we're heading for a split, I, th- you know, that you will have a, a pretty strong, whether they want to call themselves the Socialist Party or not, that you're going to have a pretty strong other party because they're already starting to build some cachet. Bernie Sanders, AOC, you know, and younger people, right? So they're not going to they're they're so hell bent on having their own thing go on that they're not going to coalesce behind the the moderates. They haven't yet. They want to change the party. And if there's any pushback from the moderates, either the moderates will say, well, forget it. We're leaving. We're going to go do our own thing. Or the far left is going to say that they don't have enough. I mean, look, there are there are those that are conservative that that aren't happy and and talking about you know swinging libertarian or we need a new we need a third another third party we need a third party or something along those lines we have a lot of political parties in this country that's true but only two powerful ones we have two powerful ones and and we have two powerful ones because they've done a very good job at keeping the rest of them out of power of minimizing them of 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 not allowing them uh a seat at the table so to speak you know, of the rest of the political parties, the libertarians are probably the largest. But then you've got the Green Party, you've got the socialists, you've got the, I mean, you've got political parties, you've got the the Alliance Party that we saw a candidate run for in, in, in our community that, that mm-hmm. you know, was a new one for most of us. You, you've got political parties that exist, but what kind of, and it, we know what it all comes down to. It all comes down to organization, it comes down to money, it comes down to being able to get your message out and when the when the majority of the media is controlled by one party with a slight sidebar to the second party you you've got no but how many interviews did you see with joe jorgensen the candidate for the libertarians at all zero how many debates was she invited to none okay why is that because we want to keep it nice and simple for for the sheep that are in the United States. You pick A or B, R or D, one or two. That's you know you get two choices and you pick one, even if they both stink. But that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. is if you really truly embraced the idea of of the free system that we supposedly have, Joe Jorgensen would have been invited to participate in the debates. Would have had the time, because in all reality, when you also think about it, 
there are supposedly things in place that grant free time and grant equal time to at, at the federal level to federal candidates, supposedly, that are there. So why did the debate coalitions at the federal level not include the Libertarian candidate, a party who continues to see some growth? No, too many choices will just uh, know. You know, confuse the public. You, you can know. have 17 people on stage fighting for the Republican nomination, mm-hmm. 20 on stage fighting for the Democrat nomination, but not three fighting for the presidential nomination? No, no. The last time was Ross Perot. Yes, and that's because Ross Perot had polling and was able to buy his way on, but really should that be an indicator? Because if you've got somebody that doesn't have the ability to get out there, should things like polls, which have been dreadfully wrong two twice in the last four years, what why should polling have any kind of influence at all on who gets to speak in a presidential debate if you're a viable recognized candidate? And you're on the ballot in all 50 states. I can understand Kanye West not getting a spot, but not Joe Jorgensen. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here and you know advocating one way or the other. All I'm putting out is this. If we truly believe that this is a system that's supposed to work, then why is it you never see, unless they're a billionaire, a third party in a debate on the stage talking about the issues because just maybe it might sway some voters. You do have the ability to vote for whomever you want. You do. But what do just about everybody say if you vote for a third-party candidate? Oh, you want to waste your vote, huh? Exactly. Why is that? I'll tell you, one of the best interviews that we ever did was the transhumanist candidate. Zoltan Eatsvan? Oh, That was the greatest. That was four years ago, yes. That was the greatest. Oh, he was different. 5471610. Back with more after this. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline. 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610. K-O-N-A. Bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A, final few minutes, hour number one, 547 if you would like to get involved. Contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance today to find out whether you could actually gain more insurance in your coverage for what you're paying for, or maybe even save a couple bucks. But you won't know unless you contact Jason today via his website at jasonhogue.com, the only American Star Certified agent with American Family Insurance in the Tri-Cities. Whether you're looking for auto, homeowners, life, small business, or farm insurance, Contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance today at his website, jasonhogue.com. So coming up in the next hour, Ed, we got a couple of guests for you. We're going to talk first, uh, the first part of the 4 o'clock hour, with Tracy Beans, who is the editor for Uncover DC. Um, and Tracy's blown a few corruption stories up over the course of her career. So we're going to talk to her regarding what's going on uh, with the 2020 election uh, the fact that Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin uh, still are all kind of up in the air because you've got lawsuits, recounts, and investigations going on. Uh, so we'll talk with Tracy about that. And then coming up at 4.30, we're going to talk with Washington State Senator Doug Erickson about his proposed piece of legislation uh, for this coming session, which will advocate reopening polling places. And, you know, I've had an opportunity to read uh, the crux of the legislation. 
And, you know, it can work. It combines a lot of things that a lot of people have talked about that they would like to see happen, and Senator Erickson kind of takes them all and rolls them into one. Um, That you would have neighborhood polling place voting, but you still would be able to vote by mail if you made that choice. You would need a photo ID, but polling places would be open for a week. And general election day would be a holiday. So you would have the day off and you would be able to go vote. That covers just about everything, right? Pretty much. Also, ballot harvesting would become a Class C felony. Good. Uh, Voter registration deadlines would be 14 days before an election, giving time for officials to check qualifications. All ballots would have to be received by election day, with the exception of military and overseas ballots. Nothing wrong with that. But again, you wouldn't think. But well, you you wouldn't think. But again, we we hear, and I'll go back to four years ago. Oh, there was corruption and collusion in the elect. Foreign foreign powers came in and influenced our election. Foreign powers did this. Do you think for one second that a foreign country would have the ability to influence our election without boots on the ground on the inside? that they wouldn't be able to do it without domestic help, that people inside the United States would be doing the dirty work? Do you honestly really think that they could do it from afar? No, they couldn't. So those people that were crying four years ago and all of a sudden don't think voter fraud can exist now, it's much easier to commit voter fraud at the domestic level than it is from overseas. Speaking of which, a developing portion of that story surrounding Pennsylvania, your old stomping grounds. (laughs) Of course it's Pennsylvania. So we told you about this uh, U.S. Postal Service employee, uh, the whistleblower, uh, who came forward and alleged voter fraud. Yes. In in Pennsylvania. They were backdating ballots and everything else. All kinds of things, right? right? So he uh, spoke with federal agents as part of the investigation. Then, out of nowhere, the Democrats started reporting, well, this whistleblower went back on his story. He recanted. Well, nothing is as cut and dry. No. It's 2020. It turns out that James O'Keefe at Project Veritas has recordings of the federal agents who coerced this guy through a four-hour interrogation without representation, and that he stands by the original backdating of ballots story. The only reason that he recanted was because he was coerced by federal agents without a lawyer present in doing so. By the way, where that came from, the Washington Post, it was anonymous sources that told them. It was anonymous sources who spoke on condition of anonymity. Those powerful anonymous sources that have been there for the last four years. All those anonymous sources that no one's ever been able to, that they just run with and ran with. Well, we'll see when when the recordings are released by Project Veritas exactly who's got the right story here. 2020, man. Hour number two, straight ahead.